Uh, Paul Alcoholic. It's it's morning in Northern California, but uh, yes, uh, an important person asked me if I could go back over step three. So step three is made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. So uh, of course it follows steps one and two. The program is sort of a linear uh, process. So step, it's sort of like a meat tenderizer. Yeah, step one and step two, hopefully have, uh, you know, we've come to a sense of malleability. And then the prospect is finally offered where the solution lies, which is the having something other than ourselves manage our lives, basically, or direct our lives. And you can be directed while you're a director of many people. It doesn't mean you're not in a position of managing. It's just that you're being managed while in the position of managing. So made a decision to turn our will in life. That was always curious to me because if, uh, our, if it was truly our will and our lives, we could just uh, turn it over to the care of God and be done with it. Yeah. And uh, there, wouldn't need, there wouldn't be a need for the other steps, like four through nine. There would just maybe be a maintenance step, 10, 11, and 12. But because, uh, and the way we're speaking of the third step, again, is rooted in the premise we're offering as just a suggestion or a possibility, yeah, of the exact nature of the wrong. So we're using a statement out of page 64, to sort of consider uh, a difference between what has defeated us and us, yeah? That brings into question some of the statements in the book, not about the principles, but about the description of the uh, exact nature of the wrong. Because in, in a number of cases, it's said that we manufacture our own misery. I don't agree with that. I, I think something manufactures misery through us uh, we are the problem. I have to, I believe you have to get to that point because we're denying that we're the problem. So there's got to be an owning of the problem, but I don't believe it stops there. I don't think you're a problem, you know, with deep mental grooves that's going to have to be like forged and banged in with hammers into another condition with the basic premise that you're always going to be living in an anxiety that at any minute you could start manufacturing your own misery again. Uh, I don't believe that. And I believe those statements come from uh, not recognizing there's an act of being identified as self that allows the defeat and the manifestations of self to have a free range in our life, a free run in our life. And every time a manifestation of self manifests, we call it ours, which I believe is the act of being identified as self. So page 64, being convinced, believing with certainty, this cannot be held by the mental state. The mental state is a binary system. It's convinced and unconvinced. It can, it can flip at a drop of a hat. It's very, uh, it's not stable. So, but the being convinced happens or occurs or is held somewhere else. And I would say that would be implied as the innermost or the unsuspected inner resource. I believe that that is where and what delivers the message where there's a final, a final convincing. And then the basic condition of Paul has to catch up with that. But in other words, I was struck sober and then I had to become sober. I had to learn, I had to recover and I had to learn and get into the habit of being sober, but I was struck sober by this power. So, uh, so being convinced that self manifested in various ways. I don't see how you can miss this direction. So it's saying, Self is manifesting in various ways, and those ways it's manifesting is how it defeats us. So that's, that, that's the punch, but where does the punch come from? 
I don't believe they're clear. They say self, but people mix it up with ego and a lot of other things that they believe the person believes they have an ego and that they can actually lose an ego. That sense of person, that sense of ownership, that sense of being the thinker, uh, the doer, all that, that to me is the sense of self. Um, that's reinforced constantly by the mental interpretation of our lives. So I think that's the root of the problem. And I think alcoholism just amplifies the problem to such an extreme that uh, it becomes noticeable, even to the even to the patient or even to the host. The takeover of the parasite is so hostile and so uh, like vicious in a way. The host itself can finally come to the realization that something has taken it over. And a lot of people describe being under the influence as a possession or a demonic intelligence or a parasitical movement. I feel like the first impression is correct. What they name it as doesn't matter. But there is, it is a foreign agent that ha is living through us as us. And the identification as us gives it the ability to live through us without ever getting a notice because everything it does, we claim to be me doing it. <laughs> so it's sort of like a, it's a loop you can't get out of. And I think it's captured by the statement self can't get out of self perfectly. I mean, perfectly. You couldn't have a more succinct description of what occurs in the act of being identified as self, that one sense of self is seen as the culprit and then another sense of self, you or Paul, wants to get out of it. All the while thinking it recognized self but doesn't recognize the self that's masquerading as Paul. And so we get caught in this net of self can't get out of self and what it looks like is Paul trying to get out of self because Paul aka self can't get out of self. Wow, I didn't know Paul is an identification as self. Well, there you go. Now you do. Maybe you don't feel it. Maybe you don't understand it. But at least you've been served the spiritual subpoena. That's the most anyone can do. <laughs> is present it, present it, reinforce it, just keep presenting it with the hopes that it clicks and you start getting a a stabilized relief from the bondage of self, I hope, yeah. I'd really love to see it as a, as a rabid infection of relief going through our communities. I really would. So I see the decision is just that because at this point what we call our will and our lives really isn't because we've been taken over. We're in a mistaken identity and we're living as something that we're not. And basically for all intents and purposes, we're living self-will, which isn't our will. And we're li really living a life for self. Self is living an interpretation of living and we're being fed it all day and we're believing it. We're believing that what's not happening is more than what's hap more important than what's happening. We're believing a lot of shit, you know, a lot of shit. So I think it gets captured in page 53 in We Agnostics, where it describes a lot of conditions that we find ourselves and how we find ourselves in that starts with without knowing it. So without knowing it, we're being driven by something that is in us and is presenting itself as us without knowing it. We're not in the knowledge of that. So hopefully this will, maybe this, you know, shoe that we're putting out today fits. And then maybe you can look at this 12 steps in a different way, not changing the steps, but changing the angle you see them from. Yeah. And this really worked with me. And I've had a I would say on a basic level, the problem doesn't exist, hasn't existed for me for quite a while. Yeah. 
course, living happens and all that stuff occurs, but the whole basis or sort of the, yeah, the baseline, which was such an extreme case of irritability, restlessness, and discontent has been turned into a sort of a satisfaction and a contentment before I start the day. And uh, I think that's incredible for that to occur like on the fly, you know what I mean? I didn't go into a, a fucking insulated retreat center for eight years. I, it happened while I was living life. And through the, in the living of life, I've been changed by the program and the principles and what I came to learn about alcoholism and about self. The fundamental basis of my day is different. And it doesn't require much maintenance because it's just based on fact. It's based on truth. It's, tr it's not a truth that needs the help of lots of crutches. It's a truth that stands alone on its own, that allows you to outshine circumstances and situations. It's a truth that's reliable. It's a, it's a diagnosis that's correct. Therefore, you, can, you grow in an assurance that you're inherently okay, that the day isn't about trying to mask or, dis, or disavow or distract from being unokay, nor is it a giant search for okayness. You start with a sense, you know, just a dog shit sense of okayness. It isn't like spectacularly shining. Maybe it is to others, but it's just something so reliable, like, a, like an old pair of shoes. It's, they work and they don't run, you know. It's, um, I don't know, I think it's magnificent, really. And for a problem that was so fucking vicious and so influential in my life, and therefore in the lives of all these people I contacted and who I knew well, like my family, all the shit that happened through this takeover, for that to be undone, the premise of it, and also to have a, may, a, a, a means and a way to make amends and clean everything up. Uh, and so that, you know, you don't shut the door in the past, nor do you regret it, because I knew, well, what my, my view of if was, something was supposed to happen is it happened. And if something wasn't supposed to happen, it didn't happen. You know, it's just a simple obviousness. I mean, I can think tons of things shouldn't have happened, but they did. Like I, you know, I can premise, oh, I would be a great professional surfer now, I'd be retired, if I hadn't gotten run over by a car, but I got run over by a car. You know, <laughs> that's, uh, that's what happened. So wasn't it, it wasn't supposed to happen? Well, it was, it did. So I don't know, I think you can come to a you can come to a peace with a lot of things that used to tie us up in knots. Once the root of the problem is seen clearly, it, it lends a clarity to a lot of other things. You know, in Zen they would call it like you see blue as blue and red as red and stuff. It's implying that the obscuring, the cloudiness of stuff clears up. Yeah, the atmosphere that you're seeing things, things in clears up. Yeah, it's like the wattage of the the basic light that's lighting up your day has gone up to 200 instead of like a 25 watt. So there's, you're seeing more. It's not, there's not more seeing, but you're seeing more. More is being revealed constantly, like it says in a vision for you. So I believe that we are in occupied territory in a sense. So in that, where the light's not out, this is a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It is not a hopeless state of mind and body. As they say in the uh, preamble, whatever, we're 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It appeared to be hopeless when we're in it, but they, start, they finally got the invitation. They finally got, they saw it as seemingly. It was appearing to, to, to them to be hopeless, but it isn't hopeless. So that light that we are has never been put out, yeah? So from that light, we can make a decision to turn our will and lives over. Now that light may not have the ability to produce a, and be able to enjoy peace of mind in our active addiction condition, but it's still there. The light has never gone out. 
And so now from that light, from that innermost, there's a decision made or a decision has been downloaded into you that to, to turn one's will and life over to the care of the higher power. And how that is initiated is four through nine, obviously. What gives the life or the breath or the flesh and the blood to the third step is four through nine. That's the working steps, yeah? So because we're an action figure, seemingly, we're going to have to get out of the action figure. We have to take action, yeah? So four through nine. And so the third step is just a decision and, and basically like sending out a flare in the sky of grace to call in this juice and then we do what we need to do, which is the action steps. Not looking at the outcome, just do what we're told to do, four through nine. So we launch on this course of action, and what happens? It leads us to having an awakening. Hopefully, you wake up from the disease. You don't keep waking up as the disease. And then from there, we'll, man we'll have a way of life, and the habits will be in place, and we'll be in the habit of being sober, and that will be how it's maintained, the condition, which is the condition of sanity concerning the first string. So to me, the program really is about not starting, really. It's not about stopping drinking. The drinking, stopping drinking is, is like the first admission, it's like the admission into the program, but it isn't, a, it isn't the center of the program. The program is a program of recovery of the underlying causes and conditions. And let's get to the exact nature of the wrong. Yeah, because the underlying causes and conditions are being fed by the exact nature of the wrong. They can't live on their own. The causes and conditions that are causing uh, effects are being are living in the Petri dish of identification as the disease. Yeah? So if the pH of that Petri dish can change, which is us, if that can be moved into a, a more favorable condition for love and tolerance and fucking ability to enjoy peace of mind and knowing serenity, which is the better way, trusting that thing of infiniteness instead of trusting the finite, well, that's the process. So trusting the finite, obviously, is a devotion or an addiction to the thoughts about what's not happening, really. And we can't, as a thought or as a thinker, we can't get out of those thoughts. So we have to see something. Are those our thoughts? If they're not, you'll start losing interest in the thoughts. And if you lose interest in the thoughts, the thoughts won't have the impact they used to have because it's your own interest that's causing the impact through the thought. That's what happens. You, you know, you have a thought, it's driving you crazy. I see you're driven crazy, but the thought's not driving me crazy as long as I see it as bills. But if it's held as mine, the exact same thought can drive me crazy. It isn't the thought, obviously. The thought is used, yes, by something. So let's find out what that is. And then if we have the exact nature of the wrong, a good diagnosis, then the application of the steps can really take us somewhere and hopefully we get stabilized and the problem doesn't exist for us today. Yeah? Yeah. And that we'll lose interest in ourselves and gain interest in others. And then all those lovely expressions of service and shit like that will become a habit. Yeah? You won't be doing service. You'll be of service. Yeah? You won't be searching to feel the presence. You'll be the presence. Yeah? You won't be trying to be available. You'll be available. So this is, uh, I believe recovery progresses, and I think we're all in that state of progressing in recovery. And so hopefully, you know, whatever, these talks are helpful or not, but there you go. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you very much, Paul. Um, and it's time now to uh, raise your hands. And we've already got a hand raised. And it's our mate, uh, Kaiser. Kaiser, over to you, mate. Oh, you're on mute. Kaiser. Kaiser. Hey, Paul. Hey, everybody. Um, so I am engaging in these uh, steps as they are in the book through AA. I'm jo doing Joe and Charlie's uh, version of the fourth step. And I'm progressing. Um, and... Uh, 
So I, I, it's very important for me to not play God. Um, and then that expresses, or I understand that as do the work and get out of the results. Like just do the work, the steps. Um, there's one question that I have and it stirred in me last week. I think it was like Thursday or whatever you're doing a sat song or something. And you were describing you kind of where you, where you are and where you're living from. Um, and, and, and it, it sounded like, like a permanent third step. Like when I do the third step and I turn my will in life and then I allow the, the, whatever the expression is and I'm going behind my head with my hand here because it's like I can't reach it. Like I, I'm not there. I'm open to something and then it's like a will in life. I kind of get direction from that and I just do the work. Um, it sounds like perhaps what we really are is like the movement of a third step. Um, maybe it's like a permanent third step eventually. I, I don't know if, 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 if I'm off base uh, and if it's not information that I need that right now, you don't have to answer that because I, I don't need to, you know, figure it out. But that was my question. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, I have a feeling on certain basic principles of AA, uh, you can, there can be uh, where surrender is surrendered, yeah, and where there's a, a clarity, like a, you're con see, being convinced isn't something that needs to be followed by being unconvinced. There's a certain place in us that there can be a being convinced and there's no opposite echo of being unconvinced. Yeah. It's just a done deal. Yeah. You hit a point. See, I didn't know I had the ability to be convinced and, but in hindsight I have because I got struck with, you know, that I'm not managerial quality and that I'm fucked. And really that hasn't changed in all these years. Yeah. It doesn't come up for review. And I don't have to go and fortify myself. It's surrendered, yeah? That, that basic argument with that underlying idea that I'm not managerial quality, yeah? Uh, has been surrendered. That's gone, yeah? It's been, um, there's no, I'm not in a, I'm not adversarial against that idea. <laughs> and the thing is, I find it goes much better when the fact of that condition is seen as a fact from Paul instead of Paul seeing it as a, in, in a way of denying it, yeah? Because it was a fact for a long time. I didn't arrive like overnight at being fucked, yeah? I hadn't, I didn't over, I didn't, it didn't just come in and oh, I was managing one day and then my life was unmanageable. There was a whole lot of managing and there was a whole lot of being fucked. Yeah. I mean, the idea of, you know, having a bottom, I mean, I was a bottom dweller. I mean, the only, the only way I recognize a bottom was when I finally moved away. You know, when the first day I got sober, that's, then I could say that was a bottom. Before that, that was my life. That's how I lived. I lived on a bottom for years. I mean, not, it isn't, I didn't find myself, oh, a bottom in one day, and then I got, you know, went to recovery. I dwelled on a bottom for a long fucking time. Yeah? So, I don't know. I got hit. I got hit with a lightning bolt and something that I had not been in agreement with and obviously my whole life was an act of denying it became obvious. I'm fucked and I am not managerial quality. Yeah. And then all the all the incredible demonstrations of that were seen in a new light. I had just gone on a 10 month run after leaving a two year program. Two years of people running my life all day. I, you lived there all day. And I could see that my life looked better with them running it than it ever did with me running it. Now, but I was in an argument with that. Yeah, I was denying that fact. 
that I could turn my life over to a dog catcher and I would do a better job with it than I do. Yeah? And then I was brought to a soberness about that fact and now it's been, <laughs> it's, it's been a fact like it's always been, but it's, it's been a, a recognized fact for 30-something years. Yeah? <laughs> it doesn't come up for debate or <laughs> it's just obvious. So that, I think fundamentally, you know, there's lots of shifts and a lot of things happen, but that's one of the fundamental shifts, is, you, is that you come to a sober assessment that what's running the show sucks, yeah, basically. And that not, there's not enough time in a rehab to fucking make it a good manager. <laughs> there's not enough books you can read. It's just a failed system, yes? A failed system, just simple as that. And then in the fear inventory, he implies that in my, the way I read it, which is why are you in so much fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So we have been relying on a failed system and it's producing the effects when something relies on a failed system that something lives in a lot of anxiety that shit's not going to work out. <laughs> That's the climate living, relying on a failed system produces. Now the fucking thing is, we keep calling it our climate, but it isn't. You, you can be moved from that atmosphere because you're not the atmosphere. You are not self. Yeah? You can be moved out of that atmosphere and then live in another atmosphere. Yeah? guided by the North Star of the third step and the other principles of the program. And then that rose bush that never bloomed is going to bloom like crazy. Yeah? Because it's going to allow a lot of potentiality that doesn't have a chance under the managing of self and the identification of self to express. It's going to give it a lot of time and a lot of opportunity to express through fucking service and shit like that. Yes? So perhaps there's a better way. Trusting something infinite rather than the finite self. The first step is recognizing the insanity of trusting the finite self, in my case. Yeah. 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 And so, <laughs> I'm not trying to recover as self. I'm recovering from self. Yeah. I'm not, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's all right. Okay, with that, Kaiser. Brilliant. Okay, uh, Michael Stacy, over to you. Thank you. Good morning, Paul. My name is Michael. Hey, Michael. Alcoholic. Hey, man. hey, so um, I took the suggestion that you gave um, oh, probably a month or two ago back about going through the steps in this framework, and I was doing that with a sponsee, a couple of sponsees, and. Um, they ended up having to, you know, do the work of the fourth step and they're still in that process. But I continued reading through the book and I got past the vision for you and I was going to stop there, but something told me to keep reading. And then they just put this in the book. I'm sure. Um, in yeah. Dr. Bob's nightmare uh, on page 172, I read, unfortunately for me, I was the only child which perhaps engendered the selfishness, which played such an important part in bringing on my alcoholism. And, and from there, I was like, wow, you know, that whole idea that, like, the selfishness that I had was there long before I ever took the first drink. And that, that it's where you were talking about that, um, that perhaps the real root of the problem isn't so much alcoholism and drug addiction, but it is that self-centeredness. And whether Dr. Bob knew it or not, you know, he wrote it in the book and way back when. So I just wanted to point that out and I really appreciate, I just really wanted to let you know that I really appreciate the, um, the invitation that you've given me personally and that um, it's I, the seeking stop. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Bro. Thanks for your participation. Yeah. See, I feel the, the self-centeredness, Obviously, uh, 
is what it looks like when a host is driven by the parasite. Yeah, it's <laughs> that simple. Now the host driven by the parasite thinks it's the host that's self-centeredness. And so now it tries to get out of the self-centeredness. And then for me, one of the solutions was drinking and using. Yeah. So Paul, once again, not knowing it was in the act of being identified as self, has been trying to get out of self for a long freaking time. Yeah. And there's no convincing it otherwise. Paul would pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. Paul was driven to get out of Paul. He didn't realize, I didn't realize at the time that that which was called Paul was an identification as self, yes? And so I was caught by that cryptic saying in our community, self can't get out of self, because I didn't understand that statement, yeah? I understood the statement, but when I held it, I thought, well, that's, I understand that. Self getting out of self would be crazy. But Paul getting out of self makes a lot of freaking sense. But so I didn't know I was identified as self until I did. And when I did, when it came clear to me, it's never not been clear to me. <laughs> it's never not been clear that there's been an identification as something that I'm not that's giving that what I'm not a lot of leeway in my life, a lot, a lot of power, a lot, a lot of influence. I mean a whole lot to the point that uh, I was suffocating under its presence, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, of course, I, I believe the original dilemma is identification as self. And obviously that would be selfishness, self-centeredness, a life run on self-will. And all of that demands relief. And so we drink and use, and then we fall into another condition where alcoholism grows. And then we lose the power to control our solution, drinking and using. And then it's a fucking unbelievable problem. <laughs> that we try to get out of as the problem. <laughs> so, and then we think, the problem thinks, well, if I stop drinking and using, I'm not going to do what I used to do when I drank and used. And then you get sober and you have a rude awakening because you're still acting like you used to without the cocaine and the alcohol. So obviously your diagnosis was incorrect. You thought it was cocaine that made me act that way. I'm acting that way without cocaine. Bing! You were wrong. Yes, once again. So your whole premise has been based on a wrong diagnosis. So you have to have a lot of rude awakenings when all your assumptions <laughs> are shown to be not true based really on the rooting of the premise in a falsehood. Yeah. So how is that which is false evidence going to recognize false evidence? <laughs> It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna constantly keep taking false evidence to be real because it's taking the false evidence of Paul to be real. Yeah. So if you want to see false evidence from truth, you better have a, a clarity about the false evidence that's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. That's why we fall for false evidence all day, because we are the expression of falling for false evidence. <laughs> it's like the story of the pooper scooper. One of the reasons why we put out that whole story was to illustrate that we, may, we think we have a solution uh, <laughs> but maybe that's not the solution. So the solution was, I can pick up shit really fast. So that's great. Yeah. But why not just get rid of the dog? Yeah. But we can't entertain getting rid of the dog because we're identified as the dog. So then we have to become a masters of picking up shit or fucking, you know, it's just to me, it's like a... It's like a sentence based on the premise. Yeah, you're going to have to learn how to pick up a lot of shit. 
<laughs> if, you, if you don't want to get rid of the dog, then you fucking learn how to, yeah, you're going to have to learn how to manage a lot of shit. So basically, just get rid of the dog. Yeah. How can I do that if I think it's me? You can't. How are you going to abandon what you are? You can only abandon what you're not. I've abandoned cars, but I've never abandoned myself. I was there, still there. I abandon what I'm not. So it says you have to abandon yourself. Yeah, or yeah. This old idea of being Paul needs to be abandoned. Paul can't do it. Yeah, but there can be a doing of it. And this is the process of recovery, I hope. I mean, I hope it is. I hope it's part of the recovery. If not, the recovery is going to be partial. It's not going to be... A lot of the problem's going to be there. So, yeah. Thanks, bro. Here's Michael. Um, next up, we've got um, one of our own um, moderators here. Um, Lebowski Gandalf uh, has got a question. Over to you, mate. Right. It's not really a question. It's just uh, like... I just want to say sometimes um, I, when I'm listening to Paul, I just get that hit, you know, um, and I woke up this morning and problems became of a personal nature. <laughs> and, you know, I have some skillful means for getting out of that when that happens, but, and a lot of it's jumping on these Zoom sessions, but um, something you said just made me click to the impersonal nature of my problems. And I love that. I love the idea that I'm just plucking these things out of the air and I don't have to, you know, and, um, I, you know, and I had something else too, but like after you riff for a while, I'm a million light years <laughs> away from whatever it was that was going through my head at the time, uh, which is a great thing too. I just, you know, it's just funny though, because it seems like for me, and I know when I say that some bullshit's about to come out uh that i can get that that um hit so much easier from somebody else but when i've uh, played my little head game and attached to something you know like it's it's a lot it's a it's a different deal to do it for me versus and and i thought about what you're saying the other day whenever we get together there he is you know or there it is yeah. and whenever i jump on something like this I can't even remember what was bothering me <laughs> beforehand. And start with Mickey. She's she's like a guru of some kind, I think. But anyway, um, you know, she was like, why do you wake up feeling like that? <laughs> That's a good question. But anyway, thanks, Paul. I really wow. appreciate it. I'm so grateful thanks. for this session. Well, we appreciate you. Yeah, we, with all your different names. Yeah. yeah. Just keep showing up. But it's a beautiful thing here in the world of Zoom. This, the sum of the squares is bigger than all the squares. Yeah? Yeah, you can feel a juice even in these things, which is pretty cool. I used to like, I like live a lot more, but there's a juice here also you can sense. There's a lot of people getting sober on, um, on Zoom. You know, newcomers yeah. and stuff, there's a lot of it. So yeah, you're definitely right. Um, there's no more questions there, but I've, I've got, just wanted to get your sort of trip on that, um, on a question. A lot of people come in and they do struggle, just really, really basic practical stuff, but a lot of people struggle with the whole concept of God for whatever reason. They've had, they've had issues with, um, you know, the, for whatever happened in their childhood or the whole church thing or the whole religion thing, you know, for whatever, whatever persuasion that might be. What, what was, I know, because I think you were on a spiritual search before you got sober from what I can gather but what's what's been your experience in terms of the early days of how that that worked for you in terms of practically how did that how did that happen for you the step three thing well the thing uh you know I can't really speak from experience I didn't have any problem with the idea mm -hmm. of God literally I could care less in a lot of ways but I know how it, important it is to others by observation but I don't have the same feeling so I always, I always felt, uh, the, uh, you know, the invisible other since I was young. Yes. Okay. 
yeah, when you were young and everything, and um, I could feel, you know, I felt, you know, like a divine choreography and other things, and uh, so I had a a basic leaning in that direction, yeah. So it wasn't a problem for me at all. And I also came in on a big wave. I, I just uh, got struck sober, and there was a lot of uh, momentum there that I just sort of got sucked in. You know, I was just like drafting, you know, like a car gets behind another car. I was just drafting the momentum of AA in action, yeah? And I never even, I never had a big debate about God or not, you know. But I noticed a lot of people, yeah, because there's a lot of old ideas they went through, uh, Catholic schools and shit like that. But for some reason, I don't, I didn't, at least it wasn't on the surface, yeah. So, but I'm a believer that uh, there's somewhere it said basically that the idea of a higher power of your own understanding is really for the in the beginning of the program. Moving forward, that's going to change. And to me, how it changed was uh, a reliance on a higher power of its own understanding. Yeah. So I, I feel a real distinction between the me of Paul and what comes through, because I used to notice when I. My third year of sobriety, I was asked to lead a first, a fourth step workshop in San Francisco, and I remember I would do it every night. I ended up we lost the idea of a spirit rotation. I ended up doing it for many many years, and I remember, and it was a Monday night, so I mean, uh, years I went to this meeting Monday night, and so there was at least four hundred Monday nights. And in those 400 Monday nights, Paul was in a lot of different conditions, yeah? Like Paul would be waiting to learn if he'd had AIDS or not. Paul was destitute, didn't have much money. Paul was had a sinus infection. Paul's fairy princess had just left him 10 minutes before the talk. But I realized as long as I showed up, something happened, yeah? Something came through. So basically, I saw my job as a hose, yeah? nothing to do with the water as a hose and the whole uh, experience of, of getting sober has been that something has done for me what I could not do for myself nor could any other person do it for me yeah it was so clear it's and it's never not been clear it was just so clear that there's uh, you know I mean, if you if you really want to look at, you know, look at the similarities instead of the differences. Well, the similarities is we're in a unifying presence, all of us. We're an appearance of, let's say, individual separateness. But what we're what we're of is like a unifying presence. I feel. <laughs> yeah. So I've seen I've seen that same thing work that worked through me work through tons of others. Yeah. <laughs> I seen it, and uh, they, and I luckily I was had I had the eyes to see it and then honor it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but I don't know. I would, um, you know, if I'm really fucked, I don't care. You know, and I'm dying of thirst. I'm not gonna. Uh, I don't care if the guy's wearing a green jacket and walking on his hands as long as he's bringing me the water. Yeah, that's my mm-hmm. view. So, but I can, I don't, I can understand, but I've never had that problem with God mm-hmm. or any idea like that. Yeah. So I, in other words, a lot of the considerations, I, the momentum just broke me, broke me through until I got established for like two years of sobriety. I mean, there was just pure momentum that drove the action figure through a lot of those considerations and then brought it to, you know, after a couple of years, uh, you know, I was established in this view. Like it says, I sincerely took the position, but after a few years, I was established in that position of reliance on a higher power. Yeah. 
I mean an act of acknowledgement of that. I was established there. Yeah. Not just theory, but you actually lived it. No theory. Theory is, see, this is not a leap of faith. This happens. Mm -hmm. This happens to us, through us. It does. The problem is, is that reliance on the head, it's not giving us honest information. Mm -hmm. It's going to forget a miracle in a half hour, and it's going to constantly obsess over us in a, in a, an assumed slight for 40 years. You've got to see it's the GPS is, is very myopic. It's like HAL in 2001. Yes. It's out to further its agenda. <laughs> the mission has been totally compromised without us knowing it and it's basically living through us for itself yeah <laughs> i mean seriously and uh <laughs> i mean if you're if you are completely driven by thought you're fucked we have to get a sense of that state of called the pause, you know, we have to get a feel of that, not just an idea, but a feel of what it feels like to be before thought. Yeah. That's where, that's where the certainty lies. Yeah. Yeah. You can't come to that certainty through thought. It's, it's prior to thought. It's not, it has nothing to do with thought. You think you can't think yourself into the pause. Yeah, but you can seemingly think yourself out of a pause, definitely. Yeah? yeah, so, I mean, I really, I don't know, You, all of us must have come to this conclusion. It may not have made sense or concretely put together yet, but we have been driven by a failed system. It's not redeemable. It isn't. It's not going to... It's not going to be rehabilitated. It isn't. It's been subdued, and hopefully an outside influence has been brought into the system. But it's not produced by the system. And the system is not going along with it uh, without a fight, yeah? But hopefully the higher power has... It's become obvious that the higher power is... An, from the idea of the higher, the sense of the higher power, you've now got a sense that that which you thought was you is a lower power, a lower power that can only appear as the higher power if it fucking has a complete denial of the higher power. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the little dog rolls over when the big dog gets introduced. We've been introduced to the big dog. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah, let's... Uh, but we act a lot like we're fucking still under the throes of the little dog. People share and they always have to preface, preface it with, but I'm still fucked, I'm still crazy. Give me a fucking break. It's like pledging allegiance to the fucking failed system, you know? As, as if, you, if you worry every day, it'll keep the big thing you're worried about not to happen. If you're still letting this thing play God. Yeah. Yeah. It's still getting away with playing God quite a lot. Mm. Quite a lot. Mm. I mean, that's what that guy Kaiser, see, when there's a, the surrendered is seeing that. Yeah. Mm. One of the things that becomes clear to you is that which is, that which is playing God. That becomes clear to you and more gets revealed. And all of it re reveals that it's not you. You're, you've been listening to a foreign fucking pathogen. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and if you keep listening to it, it's going to severely diminish the recovery. It is. Mm. Mm. And, you'll be, and you'll be happy with fucking crumbs. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love the um, analogy you said with 2001. That's obviously, that's one of my favorite, favorite films in the book as well, Arthur C. Clarke. But when you said about not making sense, the brain 
or the mind or whatever it is just can't make sense. Hal 9000 can't make sense of the Jupiter mission. It can't make sense of the of the spiritual whatever's going to happen. It can't. It just has no capacity to do so. Is that no. So that's the point. So how mad can you get about how? You can't. This isn't about hating self. It's about recognizing its incredible limits. It's got a myopic view that it thinks is the panoramic view. And so to cover up the myopic view, it plays God about the panoramic view. It tells you how it's going to be, how it was, this and shit and that. It has no fucking insight into any of it. It's a fucking myopic little view, and what you're seeing is amplifying the seer. That's the whole thing. Mm. What you see just amplifies you all fucking day. Yeah? Mm. You, get a whole, you get a panoramic story. Oh, this is going to happen. You're going to be fucked. If you don't do this, you'll be destitute. Or you were this or that. It's, it's myopic. It doesn't see fucking squat. I didn't, I had no warning I was going to get hit by the car, by this incredible security system I've been relying on for my whole life. It had, it was, it was more surprised than anyone that I got run over. It didn't have a fucking clue. <laughs> it has no idea what's going to happen. Yet it gives us thousands of ideas about the outcome. Yeah. Perhaps there's a better way. You can trust something infinite that has the panoramic view and right-sizes the myopic view to the point where it says in the book on page 63, you'll lose interest in yourself and your little plans and designs. When did you think your plans and designs were little? Yeah. This is the myopic view. It makes mountains out of molehills. That's what it does. Yeah, it's playing God all day. How are you going to quit playing God? You got to see it's not you. And then, you know, if that which is playing God tries to quit playing God, I use it all the time, but it's the truth. That's playing God. If you try to work and convince what's playing God to quit it, it's playing God. Yeah. Ad in, it's ad infinitum. You're never going to get out of it. Perhaps there's a better way, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you very much. Um, got a question here from Howard from Los Angeles. How are you, mate? Over to you. Hey. Uh, great stuff. You're just killing me. Just making out. Uh, you talked about, I'm living like such okayness. Um, such great flow and awakening at 30 years of sobriety, but I'm talking about okay. Howard, I'm just Howard, I'm just going to turn your video off because you're a bit staticky. I'm just going to turn your video off. We you just get your question? I'm just turning your video off. If you ask your question again, that'd be great. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, great. Can you hear that? Yeah, that's right. perfect. Great stuff. It's killing me and, and setting me free. When I'm in the okayness, noticing the non-okayness. I love that analogy. My question is like the primetime guys talk about, you know, making a decision to turn your will and life over 10 times a day, five times a day. How do you, what do you feel about that? If that's just bullshit and uh, any insights on that? And, you know, and thank you for the, all the insights because they're just uh, rock and uh, I continue to just go places I've never gone before. And, the, and my bandwidth is just keeps expanding through relaxation and expanding and expanding. And it's, uh, it's really awesome to watch. I, Great. It's this new thing. I just go, wow, where did that come from? And I know that my only challenge is to not claim it in that moment. Just don't claim it, Howard. It's just, it is. It's what is. It's the is. Uh, whatever you want to call it. But, but 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 with the you made a decision, you know, you know, I was taught to if you gotta make a decision a hundred times a day, make it a hundred times a day. What do you how do you feel about that? And thank you. Mm. All right. Well thanks. And just for the other people, prime time is a certain 
uh, group of meetings in LA area where they have uh, a, fo a similar format for all their meetings and uh, I'm not, I know about them, but I'm not, uh, I don't know the nuts and bolts of it. But, um, you know, again, it's based on the person who's uh, before the saying, you know, I, ha I have to say I'm, make I'm making a decision all day, yeah? If that person really believes it needs to do that, then you do it. Hopefully, doing it will lead to not needing to do it anymore. Hopefully, yeah, that's the point, is that you get established in that new condition. So, if you, I guess if you feel like completely sure that you're not, you're not even taking it sincerely, then you have to sort of chant it like a mantra. But when you're established in that, position, you're not uh, saying out loud or to yourself, I'm making a decision to turn your will and life over. You've already came to that decision. Yeah, it's not, you've observed that it's happened. And uh, yeah, so I hope that helps. But So I'm not saying there's any way anything's right or wrong. It's really based on the person before it, you know, so if the person is uh, is afraid that it's managing or whatever, so then it counteracts that with like a mantra, I've turned my will and life over to care of IPA, I've turned my own life to care. Yeah, so if it works that day, far out, yeah, but I don't see it as a, as a very long-lasting uh, activity, yeah, because you're going to get, hopefully, You'll recognize you're established in that. So why would I have to make a decision if I'm established in the effect of, yeah, that I'm established in my life has been turned over to the care of a higher of this higher power. Yeah. So <laughs> it's past the point of making a decision. I'm observing the fact of it now. Yeah. So in the non-okayness, if I'm noticing non-okayness, okayness, non-okayness. Do I even bother in the non-okayness? I just notice what's going on. Right? In the non-okayness, I'm not going to notice it's not you that's even noticing it. That's good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It seems to be working, Howard. So just, you know. Oh, hands let down. It do All right. Yeah. I was like, the, the voice in me wants to always do it better because it's sweet. It's a, it's a different nectar. Well, yeah, but see... That's adding an ingredient that's going to sour the pot. So just, yeah. Yeah, you, you don't realize you're the contagion of sourness that you want to jump in and make it more sweet. <laughs> so don't, don't dive in the pot. Yeah, it's fine as it is. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. I think that's it for today, Paul. So um, thank you very much again. Uh, and just to say, we'll be back on Thursday um, that Paul holds his own, um, has a, I guess you call it a satsang, Paul, on a, a Wednesday and a Saturday, which is... Just a meeting, uh, yeah. Uh, not an AA meeting, yeah. Yeah, it's not an AA meeting. It's uh, more on a, the non-duality side of things, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's right. That's at uh, zenbitchslap.com, which is Paul's website, where you'll find all his... Uh, Lots of videos, lots of audio, lots of documents, and opportunity to buy his books, which is which are highly recommended, uh, particularly on the recovery side of it. Paul, um, what, can you just give us a little bit of a spiel about your book, please? Uh, well, the one we did on recovery is under arrest. It's just a um, just a member's eye view, reflecting on the steps and the principles and the exact nature of the wrong, sort of like these talks, but in print. Okay. I don't like books that much, but... Uh, but you have to write uh, them. Yeah. But, but <laughs> I like live the best, and then video. But yeah, it's nice. I mean, it was... We wanted to put it out there, and a lot of places use it, so... You know, uh, rehabs and stuff. So, right. yeah. Okay. All right, then. Well, thank you very much. Do you want to say goodbyes to everyone and then... Uh... Yes, I want to say goodbye to not everyone, but a lot of you. Yeah, let's right. see. There's some I don't want to say goodbye to. Oh, yeah? We've got Vicky over here. Hey, Vicky. 
We got Dennis. Dennis, you can exhale now. Yeah, take a nice breath. Yeah, you can move. The Zoom's over. Keith, <laughs> nice to see you, Keith. There's a coffee waiting for you one of these days, if you play your cards right. We got Therese, Therese and Brett, but Brett's not there today, I guess. We got problem named Vincent. Yes, and the solution. <laughs> Nate, Ohio, nice to see you, Nate, over there. Barbara and Roman, nice to see you, Roman. Yeah, when in Roman, do as the Romans do. <laughs> All right, we got uh, Ian. Hey, Ian, over there. I. We got Gabrielle Little. Thank you, Gabrielle, for your donation. We got Kaiser. Kaiser. Let's not take ourselves so seriously, Kaiser. All right, great. Yeah. What's important to Kaiser? Hey, let's question that. All right, we got Malcolm. He's not in the middle. He's driving. Nice to see him. Let's see who else we got. Uh, Topher, nice to see you, Topher, over there. Michelle, Micheline in Quebec. She's a newcomer, I think. Not a newcomer, but a new person. To